0: What chapter 4? I joked around with my dad today, texted him a picture of me coming to church without a tie on. I said, no tie, there goes the neighborhood. A preacher we grew up with always used that as an example, there goes the neighborhood. He he said, what's next? Are you wearing your ripped jeans? Uh, So... I said no not today maybe next week but Joshua 4 uh, today of course it is Memorial Day a weekend and uh, I hope that you do take some time to thank the Lord for those who were uh, uh, gave their lives those who are willing to give their lives for our country and also take some time to pray for family of uh, those who lost uh, those who gave their lives A lot of times the family kind of goes forgotten and uh, we need to make sure that we're praying for spouses, for children, um, siblings, friends, uh, fellow soldiers uh, who are battling today just uh, in this weekend thinking about those who they lost. Um, So make sure that you remember them as well. This morning I wanted to preach a message on do you remember Memorial Day is a day set up to memorialize. To remember something. And uh, so much in Scripture encourages and challenges us to memorialize God. And uh, so I want us to see some things here in Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse number 4. It says, Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, And take you up, every man of you, a stone upon his shoulder, according unto the number of tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask their fathers in the time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel, forever. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning as we look at the idea of properly uh, remembering you. And God, I pray that you would help us today to set up those memorials. And Lord, that we would, throughout history, be able to teach or point to and remind us and others of your goodness to us. So help us today as we look at these verses. Help me to present them clearly and correctly. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If you don't choose to remember something, you will forget it. Uh, Paul Revere in 1775 rode through the night warning people that the British were coming. Most of us know, I would assume, who Paul Revere is. I'm curious, does anyone here know who Sybil Ludington is? There we go. Cherith knows. Anybody else? Anybody else? Ever heard of Sybil Ludington before? All right, I'll tell you about Sybil Ludington. She's 16 years older, she was. April 26, 1777, she rode 40 miles on horseback through the night to warn people that the British were attacking in Danbury. Uh, She was said to have ridden from 9 p.m. until dawn using a stick to bang on houses and warn militiamen of the attack. Her father was a leader in the military uh, under George Washington. And uh, some people said she volunteered. The other people said her dad said go do it. It doesn't matter. Uh, she did it. But we don't remember Sybil Luddington. She hasn't made most of the history books. She does have a statue, but you have to go to Danbury to see it. And I don't know about you, I've never been to Danbury. Um, but uh, uh, she did a very similar to what Paul Revere did. She warned the people of an attack. And uh, yet we don't remember her. The reason why we don't remember her is because it has not been uh, um, an effort, there's not been a great effort at the very least, uh, to remember her. Uh, she will be in some, some history books. And again, if you go on internet, you can find the information about her because that's what I did. Uh, but, uh, and if you go to Danbury, you can see a, a statue of her as well. But uh, the reality is, as many made a decision, a choice not to remember her and a choice to remember Paul Revere. And when we go through our Christian life, the things that God does for us, the the moments that stand out, the the things that uh, we look back on as important, if we don't choose to remember them, we will forget them. And not just us, but future generations won't know about them either. And when we look at this story of the children of Israel getting ready to cross into the promised land, Uh, And God commanded Joshua here to have these men pick up a stone out of the river, and when they crossed through Jordan, to build a memorial. And Joshua commanded the people to do so, and they did that. I want us to see three things uh, here this morning. Number one, I want us to see the reason for the memorial. The reason for the memorial. Thinking again, memorials that we need to place in our lives uh, to remember the things that God does for us. Number one, the reason for the memorial is that the Lord commanded it. It says in verse number one, "...and it came to pass, when all the people were clean past the Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take ye twelve men out of the people, and out of every tribe of man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of the Jordan, out of the place where the priests' feet stood firm, twelve stones." And you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. So the, one of the reasons why they made this memorial is because God told them to. God told them to. He says, when you uh, come through here, I want the people to remember this. And so I want you to take stones and build for yourself a memorial. Uh, it, it didn't come across well in the graphic, but this is stones uh, stacked up. Uh, here it looks like a chess piece, so sorry. Uh, but that's what that is it's a memorial. Uh, stones stacked up. Uh, and God says, I want you to do this because I think it's important that the people remember. There are going to be times in your life that God does something for you, and you need to make sure you, you somehow keep record of it so that you don't forget it. This church, I'll use it multiple times in this sermon, is a memorial. Every time I pull into this place, all I can think about is what God did for us. It's a lasting memorial. Uh, There are other things in life that you write down in a place you're going to see. A picture that you keep somewhere. Uh, a, A note somewhere that you keep as a memorial, a reminder. The second thing, the reason for this memorial was for the future generations. Not just for the, those individuals who crossed Jordan to remember, but the future generations. Verse number 6, it says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers, what in the world are these stones for? You can answer. You see, there's going to be times where children were born after the crossing of the Jordan River or they were too young to remember the crossing of the Jordan River. And it may not be something the parents talked about on a regular basis. It's not like they woke up every day, hey, do you remember when we crossed the Jordan River? Now, I would assume it would be with them for a couple of days because it was a pretty cool thing, right? The priest came in with the ark, the water split like the Red Sea did, and they walked through the Jordan River. That's pretty cool. They didn't, they didn't get to see the Red Sea happen. And so they got to see the Jordan split. And that was a pretty cool thing. And so they got to cross. So I'm sure they talked about it for a little bit of time, but... There was going to come a day where kids would not know anything about. Generations would not know anything about the crossing of Jordan unless someone told them. And if it wasn't something they were regularly going to tell, then there was going to come a time where kids would be walking or a future generation would be walking and see these stones that had been uh, placed as a memorial. And they'd say, hey, why, why are those stacked? Why are those stones there? And when they ask, it says that someone can tell them. The answer is that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones are here for a memorial for the children of Israel forever. Uh, The reason for the memorial was the Lord commanded it, that the future generations could know about it, and just simply to be reminded, right? To be reminded When the kids asked it or when they saw it, it was a reminder. Anytime that they saw that memorial, they would be reminded of the fact that God did something special. Now I sit here and I think, boy, of all the things that they were getting ready to see, the crossing the Jordan was pretty cool, but the collapse of Jericho's walls, that was pretty awesome. Uh, You know, they were going to continue to see things throughout time, but God specifically said, put a memorial to remember this. what god did for you here at the jordan river we need to place memorials in our lives spiritual memorials to remember what god does for us but also uh to make sure that the future generations know what god does for us each year in april we celebrate an anniversary this year we kind of looked over it as we it was on easter and we put all of our emphasis on easter but we try to, on a yearly basis, make sure we remind people of what God has done for this church. Number one, there's people who weren't here for it. Uh, they didn't get to see it firsthand. And so we want to make sure they know that, hey, this church isn't here because the Stover family moved to Kentucky and started a church. Now uh, this, this church is not here because of, uh, of wonderful giving of people. This church is here because God provided, and He provided and He provided and he sustained, and he upheld, uh, and all of those kinds of things. And we need to make sure that we remind or teach uh, the future people who come through this church what God has done for us. Number two this morning, we see first of all the reason for the memorial. Number two, I want us to see the materials of the memorial. We see it in verse number three where it says that they took these 12 stones and they took them out of the river, uh, out of the riverbed, where the, uh, the priests were standing. The stones came from the river they crossed, directly connected with what God did for them. I want to encourage you, when you plan on setting up spiritual memorials, you do it with something directly related to what God did for you. Um, now, how can you do that again? Uh, I, you know, a lot of people will keep, uh, um, I keep bulletins. I actually have not kept bulletins as of late, but in the early days of our church, I kept all of our bulletins and just one each each month and stored it away. So I have remembrance of what they look like and, and things that we were doing in the church and things like that. Um, pictures uh, are easier these days because if you're like me and you post them on Facebook, they come up every year and remind you about them, which is pretty neat. Someday Facebook will probably be gone, and we'll lose them all, but nonetheless, uh, pictures, you can print them off, bookmarks, uh, notes in your Bible, uh, different things. But as God does things for you, I think about you know businesses when they earn their first dollar, they nail that dollar bill up on the wall or frame it, and uh, just as a reminder of their first the first uh, income that they made, you go through spiritual reminders, make sure you put something down, make sure you have a way to remember. Uh, the things that God's doing for you. And if you can do something that's directly related, directly connected to what God did for you, um, uh, do that. I have collected a hair from everybody that was here for the first Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, uh, I didn't do that. That's gross. But uh, uh, find ways to remember. Uh, Take something, make it literal, and find something to remember. Place it uh, somewhere where you're going to see it on a regular basis. Uh, I know people who like to do put stuff on their mirror, uh, tape it or uh, put it on their mirror. I know people who like to put it on their dresser. People like to put stuff in their wallet, uh, uh, different places in their vehicle, whatever it may be, somewhere and something that will remind you of what God did. Because a lot of times what's going to happen is you're going to come across adversity, and when you do, you're going to forget. Your mind isn't going to immediately run to the thing that God did for you. It's going to run to the worry that you have. If you've ever had financial issues and God's provided for you, uh, guess what? You're going to have financial issues again. So find a way to remember, hey, God took care of me. I had a financial issue and God took care of me so that when my next financial issue comes, I've got something somewhere that I'm going to see that's going to remind me, hey, God's got this. He's taken care of me before. He'll take care of me again. You went through a, a, a health issue and God brought you through or God gave you what you needed during it. Have a memorial to remind you so that when the next one comes, uh, you can be reminded of what God did for you. A lot of times we say, well, I'll never forget because what God did for me was so amazing. You may not forget in totality, but uh, there's going to be uh, maybe days, weeks, or months where you forget, and then finally it comes back to recollection, and it, and it gives you some peace. How much better would it have been to have peace on day one? Find something that you can set up uh, materially to remind you what God did. Now listen, um, uh, an easy way to do this uh, is every morning, every day, whatever, when you pray, you thank God for what He's done for you. It's a good reminder of what God's done for you. If you're, if you're thanking God for those things, that'll help you too. Uh, 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 just an, an easy way to do it. But find a memorial, find a material thing that you can set up to remind you of the things God did for you. I want to spend the rest of our time on point number three, which is the modern-day memorial. Will you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11? We need to set up memorials. We need to have something that will remind us, something that can draw our attention to the things of God and what God has done for us. We also need to make sure we have memorials set up so that uh, our children, the next generation, can be reminded of what God has done for us, what God can do for them. And that brings us to a memorial that God has given to us to remember. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft, often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come." What is the greatest thing that God has ever done for us? I'll give you the answer. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest thing that God ever did for us was send Jesus. And Jesus came to this earth. He was born in a humble beginning, and He was raised, and He grew. And as He grew, He began to minister. And as He began to minister, He began to preach and to teach about God and His love. And the need for repentance to turn away from the wickedness in life and turn to God. To receive Jesus. And then Jesus died on a cross. And as He died on the cross, He took on the weight, the burden, the punishment of my sin and your sin. And He felt it, every ounce of it. And He hung on that cross. And He looked down at the people. And He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And He died. And after his death, he was buried. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And to this day, he lives. It's the greatest thing that God ever did. We have to make sure we remember it. And so, God commands and gives to the church something that they can do uh, to remember him. And it goes back to before his death, where he took bread and he gave it around and he handed it to the disciples and the people there in the room. And he said, take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then he gave them a cup. And he says, drink this cup. And he says, this is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. And the church now, uh, uh, at least our church, at least once a year, does what we call the Lord's Supper. Some people call it communion. That has a Catholic connotation to it sometimes. So we typically go to the Lord's Supper. It doesn't matter what you call it, I suppose. Uh, But uh, where we take unleavened crackers and grape juice, and we take, we eat the bread, and we drink the juice, and we do it for the purpose of remembering exactly what Christ here said to remember. He says the bread is representation of my body my body which is broken for you. Christ didn't just die. He was beaten. He was bruised, as Isaiah puts it, for our iniquity. He was uh, uh, brutally beaten. The Bible says that he was whipped to the point where the skin was off the bones. He was bloody. He was in excruciating pain. Uh, In mockery, they put the crown of thorns and jammed it into his head. Uh, Of course, they spit on him. They slapped him. They pulled his beard out. Uh, Just brutal things. And Christ says that when you take of that bread, remember my body which was broken for you. And then he turns to the cup and he talks of the blood that was shed. From the beginning of the Bible, we are taught the importance of of blood being shed, God took a lamb and shed its blood to cover Adam and Eve. The earliest illustration that we have of the sacrifice needed to cover my sins. And He says, "Blood uh, without the shedding of blood, our sins cannot be forgiven." The debt of sin cannot be paid. And so Christ came and He shed His blood for you and for me. And He says, when you take of that cup, remember the blood that was shed. And He says in verse 26, as often as you do this, uh, do show, you do show the Lord's death till they come. What is it? It's a memorial. Why does it exist? It exists because the Lord commands it. It exists because it reminds the generations after us what God did. You know, if if your kids are anything like mine or anything like me, as a young child I remember seeing the plates being passed with the crackers and the juice. And from the earliest of ages I can remember saying, can I have that? And mom saying, no, why not? She said, I'll explain it to you later, be quiet. Um, <laughs> and then in the car, of course, I'd never forgot that I didn't get the juice in the cracker. So in the car, mom, why, why couldn't I have that? And then she began to explain to me what it was. She says, first of all, it's for those who've already received Jesus as their savior. And then she said, uh, it would explain to me as the pastor did during the service, uh, the bread, is is a picture of of God's body, of what Christ did for us and how He was bruised and beaten. And the the cup, the juice, is, is a representation of God's blood. It reminds us that God shed His blood for us. And I was very fortunate at an early age to be under gospel preaching consistently. And so at an early age, I understood my need for the gospel. And I received Christ at the age of four. And I remember the first time that it came around and I was allowed to take it. My mom held the thing. She actually wouldn't let me reach in because of my grimy, grubby fingers. And so she reached in and grabbed the cracker for me. I don't know how, I don't, it's amazing I remember this, but she grabbed it out and she handed it to me and she said, do not eat this yet. Why not? It's, don't eat it yet. Hold on to it. Okay. Hold on to it. Pass it around. We went to a very big church when I was in four, four years old. But, uh, so it was a long wait. And you wait, 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 wait. And the pastor talks. And, of course, at four, I wasn't paying much attention. Um, and, uh, and then he said whatever he said. Mom said, okay, eat it. Pop it in really fast. Eat it. Swallow it. Juice comes around. Mom, she wouldn't hand me the juice. She held on to it. Um, <laughs> smart mother. And, uh, and I'm sitting there going, you know, give me, give me, give me. She's wait, wait, wait. Pastor spoke. Got done speaking. She handed it to me. She said, drink it. I drank it five years old, six years old, seven years old, as we would do this, I started to understand more and more as the time went on, but it was always something curious to me. Why we do this? And, of course, the pastor explained that at the younger ages I didn't really pay any attention to what he said. As the older I got, the more I would listen to him as he spoke and began to just more and more understand and realize the reason behind it. And I don't remember how old I was when I finally one day it hit me This little cracker sat in my hand, and I started to think about what Jesus did for me. It just became real to me. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was tortured for me. And then the juice came around, and holding the juice and the piano would play, and I just began to think, my goodness, Christ died for me. He shed His blood for me. And it was very real. And ever since then, again, I don't remember what age that was, but ever since then it, it just has meant so much more. Because now in the time that I wait, holding that cracker or holding that cup, all I can think about is what Christ did for me. That's what God intended. It's a memorial. Remember. Remember my body that was broken for you. Remember the blood that was spilt for you. It's a purposeful reminder of what Christ has done. And it pictures directly what was connected to what God did for me. This is a, a, an order, I believe, given to the church. I believe the Lord's Supper communion is a church ordinance to be done in the church. What do you do in your own life to remember what God's done for you? What do you have in your life to picture what God's done for you? The Catholics use a crucifix for different reasons. It's a picture of Christ hanging on the cross. I personally don't don't believe that we should have that. It's a We can talk about that another day. But the cross in which my God died on is empty just like the tomb. He came off of him. He was buried and he rose again. My God no longer hangs on a cross. He lives. What do I do to remind myself of it? God says, I believe for the church, do this. And when you take of the bread and when you take of the cup, do it in remembrance of me. As often as you do it, you do show the Lord's death until he returns. We do it because God tells us to. We do it to remind the future generation and to remind ourselves. What do we do in our own lives? What memorials do we have set up in our own lives? To not just remind us, but remind our children. Not just remind us, but uh, to show other people what Christ did. The average Christian forgets God for six days out of the week. I don't have modern-day stats to show, but the average Christian doesn't read their Bible on a regular basis. The average Christian doesn't pray on a regular basis. The average Christian goes to church once a week. The large majority of our church goes at least twice a week. Congratulations. What are you doing the rest of the week? God has given us the Bible, which is a guidebook. It tells us exactly what God expects out of us. How to live, how to react, how to mourn, how to rejoice, how to live, how to die. How to be married, how to be single, how to be a parent, how to be a child. How to be a boss, how to be a slave. Or in modern day terms, employee. Same thing. It tells us how to do all those things. Are we reading it? The Bible reminds us over and over again of what Christ did for us. Are we reading it? The model prayer that God gives us, uh, and part of it is uh, to thank the Lord for His provision, to ask the Lord for provision, but to thank the Lord. When I talk to God, it is very hard for me to not remember who God is or what he's done for me. And I don't know if that's just me. Uh, I only know my own emotions and my own thoughts. But, uh, you know, I sit there and I think when I'm praying and I'm talking to God. and, And, you know, there have been times where I've been talking to him and asking him for forgiveness. And I'm thinking to myself, God, why do you want to forgive me? I just asked for forgiveness last week for the same thing. <laughs> and here I am again. But you know what? God says, I, I do want to forgive you. And I am going to forgive you. And that starts thinking back on all the other times that God's forgiven me. And then I go to God with a, with a need. And it makes me think about the other times that I've gone to God with a need and how He's provided And I'll go to God with a worry. And it makes me think about all the other times that I've worried and I've gone to God with my concern and He's taken that load. It's those basic things that God has given us that can be a daily reminder of who God is and what God has done. But are we taking advantage of those things? Are we reading our Bible? Are we praying? What are you doing on a daily basis as a memorial for what God has done for you? Now, I am not condoning building statues and turning into idolatry and things like that. I think you know that. But I just wanted to make sure I was clear on that. But have something, have some way to memorialize what God has done for you. God has given us memorials to fulfill. But there are other ways in life that we can go through and just set up. And again, think about the next generation. I'm thankful that my kids were around to see God's provision for this church. And my prayer is is that one day I get to tell my grandkids about what God's done for this church. And I hope that my kids will tell them And I hope that as this church grows over time and new families come in, that we will remind them or let them know, teach them what God did for us. We've got a plaque hanging in the hallway there from Jehovah Jireh with the Ten Commandments on it, a little plaque just talking about um, how God used Jehovah Jireh to bless the church with a grant. It's just one thing that people can walk by and go, hey, what's that? Every missionary we have come through this church, I brag on God about how he provided. Every friend that I have uh, that shows up out of town, pops in on a Sunday, we'll share with them what God's done for this church. This is a memorial. But we got to have memorials in our own life, in our individual life, in our home, in our vehicle, wherever we spend time to remind us so that we don't forget what God has done, and that it gives us the opportunity to teach others, as it said in Joshua, so that when the children ask their fathers what mean these stones, they can tell them. Have ways to remember. On a weekend where we we remember lives given for our country, may we be reminded and never forget the life that was given for our eternity. Know what God's done for you. Remember what God's done for you. And set it up so that others can ask or so that you can teach others what God has done for you as well. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I can't help but think of family members that through this weekend, as many are celebrating and laughing and enjoying time, as uh, going through a rough reminder of the loss that they have in their life. But, Lord, I pray that we would use this this weekend not just to think about those. And, Lord, we do. and We're so thankful for the country that you have us living in and, and, Lord, the many blessings that you've given us as Americans. But, God, may we never forget the one life that was given for many, the blood that was shed and the body that was broken for me. And, Lord, I pray that you would help me and that you would help us to do more to remember, and to do more to teach of your gift in our life. And not just that one, but Lord, you've been so, many, so good to us through so many different ways. So Lord, help us to remember. and Lord, help us to praise you and to thank you and to lean on you for more help. Lord, I pray that this church would always stand as a memorial for your goodness and your provision. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to never forget and to never steal glory from you, what you've done for us. So Lord, help us today to be mindful of your gift. And I pray this in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed.